Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Left Look. Today is Sunday, September 17th. We're coming at you live from Discord. Uh-huh. Where we, yeah, meet up to do these things. Um, Your ticket gets you the seat, but you'll only need the edge. Edge, <laughs> edge, edge. Are you talking about edging, DJ? I'm interested. I was off for a second there. No, I, I am over, I'm over here stimming, but... Uh... That's a different Just thing. Perked right up. <laughs> edging is technically a form of stimming, but yeah. stimming is not a subsect of edging. So uh, that feels wrong, if you ask me. Yeah, I feel like it could be. Yeah, depends on who you ask. I'm sure. Yeah, I. Yeah, I'm not really willing to stand behind that statement. <laughs> yeah, a, we're that not sounds here like to talk a, about. Sounds like a dangerous what? spot to stand. If I had to stand behind every statement I made, <laughs> fuck. I'd be you'd prison. have you'd have like a, a nut deficit. A nut deficit. China's not invaded yet, but things are getting hot. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> I'm getting really concerned about it. Uh, I don't know what we'll yeah, do if I'm if I'm wrong. We'll have to stage some bit where I'm screaming at the beginning of one episode, and you guys are just being like, "Shh, shh." It's a public vasectomy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. This. This I'll we'll get this out of the way. This is Left Look. This is the premier independent podcast from the Gatto Institute, where we will be taking a look at Canadian and international arts, culture, and entertainment to provide you with an unbiased left wing perspective. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or account of this game. Oh wait a minute. Voici le podcast independent par excellence de l'Institut Gatto au New Examiner en les arts, la culture, divertissement canadien et international pour vous offrir une perspective impartial et Fresh. I liked it. Thanks. Were you trying to sneak in some legality there, Julian? No, he uh, he read nope. the wrong bit on accident, obviously. Yeah. But this is for another podcast that I do. Oh. Yeah. I see. All right. I, Called, I see what it is. You do another Called podcast. Major League Baseball. <laughs> yeah, you, you do a podcast on Major League Baseball? Name, yeah, name the th- official MLB podcast. Name three current baseball players. Uh, Bo Bichette. Uh... Guriel Jr. Two and Thompson. It's his first name. Vladimir? Is that Vladimir? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I feel I just named at least five there. I think <laughs> three, two and a half. I want to give you. <laughs> um, Guerrero hey, also watched... didn't get a first name, and I think I thought it was well, whatever. It doesn't matter. I uh, I watched twenty minutes of baseball yesterday, so wow! I can, I'm a baseball fan now. I uh, I don't hate baseball, but you know, doesn't make any sense. That's to not me. really the vibe I'm getting here. I I just dislike sports generally. It's a terrible thing to talk about on air too, because that's such an unpopular statement to say. So it makes well, me trepidatious. I don't know, man. My other podcast is doing a lot better than this. Did you say yeah. it is September 17th today? I did name today, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Repetitive. Disgusting. What uh, What was today's name, by the way, Julian? Alberto. Today's name? Alberto. Huh. Nice. Uh, Respectable. Thank you. Uh, I would have said that about any name. That would be fair. Yeah, no. <laughs> you're a respectful guy. You're not one to, you know, I don't know, demean I'm, someone based on their signifier. I'm sensing I misspoke somewhere, and I'm going to have to re-listen to find out where. Oh, you are going to have to do an apology next week? Oh, excellent. Imagine. Speaking of. Oh, speaking. Yeah. yeah. This week, uh, we have only one apology, and uh, in an unpublished episode, uh, I referred to uh, someone named Khalid Ibn Walid. I said his name meant Sword of God, and his t- uh, his nickname was Saifallah, which means Sword of God, and his name means mm. uh, who gives a fuck? I was wrong. Right? And, uh... <laughs> yeah, that's the end of that apology bit. We used that to introduce uh, Roy Casagranda, Dr. Roy Casagranda, and his uh, view on nationalism and socialism and nationalist socialism, and that was a fun bit to do, and... Oh, yes. I, uh... Oh, yeah. I uh, just didn't want to, uh, you know, offend the Uma, you know, and uh, alhamdulillah, I uh, I am sorry, though. Uh, you're such a kafar, bro. <laughs> Bismillah. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, that's the end of the apology segment this week. Well, I mean, I had a segment that I wanted to return to, but it's not an apology. It's more like a victory lap. And someone at Anheuser-Busch, well, now now at Anheuser-Busch at least, uh, has big-brained the same thing that I have. And uh, mm. the Bill Gates Foundation has purchased $95 million worth of uh, Anheuser-Busch in the aftermath yeah. of this thing. And uh, so he's the winner. He's the guy who sweeps in and sees what I do, which is that beer drinkers aren't going anywhere. What are you going to do? Stop drinking beer? I don't think so. 8,000 years you've been doing this. Like, Yeah, they tried that once. It didn't go so well. Yeah. yeah. And, and I hate... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You, you go. Okay. <laughs> I hate that whole like how well weaponized they were able to use culture war this isn't coming out correctly i'm i'm very frustrated by how brilliantly anheuser-busch was able to capitalize on the cultural moment like most brands just use cultural war shit to draw attention to themselves Mm -hmm. bud light here or i guess anheuser was actually able to like they bait and switch the whole mainstream media right yeah but also like yeah, increase their um, their net profit, I guess, by just they, selling more expensive beers now. They came out ahead via a hate crime. Yeah, honestly. Is what you're trying to yeah. say. <laughs> you got to take your hat off sometimes, you know. I This is a line from when I used to play sports, you know, uh, that, you know, you're playing good defense on someone, you're really giving it your all, and they hit a great shot in your face, then you, you just got to tip your hat, you know? Good job. That was great. And uh, capitalists, yeah. then they're evil that they do. Sometimes you just got to be like, wow, that was big-brained as fuck. Good job. I guess we'll get you next time. Yeah, I don't you, know. It... You, bet, you bet we are. We're going to get them. Let's go get, <laughs> let's go get those factories. Spill all the beer. Redistribute the beer. <laughs> Julian? No, it irks me because I'm afraid that this is like a raising of the stakes now. Oh, I don't know. Corporations will just find more and more egregious ways to... I don't know. No, they... I guess that's the trajectory we're on. The corporations will do it, but they won't be in charge of it, right? As as soon as the the Trump Republicans get in charge, they'll start signing up corporations to do all sorts of horrendous shit. But as of right now, everything's kind of just continually getting worse but but not like a like a precipitously getting worse like a sick man slowly falling over getting worse you know like radiating getting worse how madam curie went (laughs) (laughs) gone too Uh, soon honestly gone too soon yeah the good die young um so i was gonna move into the uh the strikes that are this week this week fuck the strikes that have started in the news recently uh we're talking about the uaw strikes Uh, yeah what was it as of the 14th i think oh that's a good question it was thursday i think think, so yeah it was thursday or friday of last week yeah uh, wait are they on right now yeah they're on strike um yeah but let's not (laughs) let's not get ahead of ourselves fuck blow the load for the audience uh but uh so it's been a uh big hot Thing that's been un- emerging in the news because there's only 13 15,000 workers right now that are on strike out of UAW mm. but UAW has 150,000 members right so at any point yeah. they could just go right and that's huge and they each have good paying jobs so they're like that shuts down the entire US economy it could mm-hmm. at least right and um, yeah for, from what I've read this is the threat the 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 mini strikes they're doing because they chose they very strategically were like yep these ones go on strike first and mm-hmm. no more for now but this is very much them threatening the possibility of all of the members going on strike yeah we'll get into their strategy at the end i of course think their strategy is terrible because no one does strategy like jacob so like any strategy that isn't <laughs> mine is just mm-hmm. by by default bad right just a little tongue-in-cheek there. I recognize that this guy, uh, I don't remember his name. He's been on, I don't remember either of the two people's names that I'm going to talk about. The CEO of GM and the head of the UAW. Um, who cares, right? Uh, they're in the news. You can go look them up if that's who, mm-hmm. uh, if that's what you want. But um, they've both been on CNN and they've both been uh, interviewed in the run-up to this. And um, the the president of sorry the the chief of the united auto workers he's 
been pretty good. He, uh, he was interviewed by Jake Tapper and Tapper was like, uh, like what's uh are you worried about the effects this is going to have on the economy and he did some bit i'm not going to recreate but it was really good Mm. to the effect of um it it will hurt the billionaire economy right because this economy doesn't work for us that's basically where uh where he ended up with and it was really Mm -hmm. good and then on uh another cnn interview they uh they, they gave her the most softball question and she just like dodge it the i'm talking about now now the uh, ceo of gm she was uh asked uh how do you justify uh not giving these workers the pay raises that they asked for they asked for 40 percent increase yeah. and then they dropped it to 33 34 something like that uh in right before the strike started so mm-hmm. to show that they were bargaining in good faith and um the 40% is not a number that they've arrived at arbitrarily. It's the average for the executive pay and is also the amount that the CEO uh, has had pay increases over the last contract period. Right. right. And the CEO, nice. na- the CEO now makes $20 million in total comp- compensation. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. No wonder he's on strike. I'd be on strike too. $20 million. <laughs> they're making billions of dollars in profit the most profits they've ever had they could double all the workers uh uh salaries right and still be the most profitable they've ever been that's how mm-hmm. uh that's how much money they're making right now and mm-hmm. that's incredible right they could double the salary and they're asking for a 40 percent increase over a number of years right like yeah and they're i think the biggest slap in the face is these people are coming to bargaining like oh that's too much. How how does 15, how does 10% sound? No, that's even too fair to them, DJ, because that makes them sound like they bargain in good faith, which mm-hmm. they do mm-hmm. not, right? They, they say are, they do, which is they, the worst part. The news evil. outlets eat that up. Like, mm, num, num. yeah, they're doing it. They're bargaining. <laughs> they are they evil, back out capricious like, ah, monsters. They, exactly. There should be a, a presumption that wow the presumption that the owner or the uh the operator whatever that the management is acting in bad faith unless uh, documented otherwise i Mm -hmm. think that should be the new way that uh labor relations are uh, done the uh the nlrb the national labor relations board has done a bunch of uh decisions recently that like um have changed the way unionization have worked and make it easier but i still think they're too tepid and too soft right um, but anyways, getting back to these strikes, getting back to this lady doing her interview, the CEO mm-hmm. of GM, right? Mm-hmm. And she's making $20 million a year. And her response is something like, um, you know, I, I'm most of my compensation, like 80 or 90%, I can't remember what she said is, uh, based on performance, right? That was her, her dodge. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So she's getting $2 million salary and she's getting $18 million in bonuses is, oh. the, yeah. Um, Lucky bonuses that they get to make yeah but you know i was thinking about that phrase um based on performance right and i was like that is just (sighs) such a great phrase because like Mm -hmm. what is your job right like what are you performing right what value do you add if not the repression of your workers in fact that is the sum total of her job right like it is the uh the not the yeah the repression the beating the the violence against her workers the constant spiritual warfare against them you know what i mean yeah maximizing extraction yeah. from your employment or employer and that's employee. what she's awarded 20 million dollars a year for right mm-hmm. can, mm. what do you need what can anyone in, can you name me anything the two of you anything in the world that uh, could merit 20 million dollars in one year that under your your vision of a just world race car driver god damn it julian um, <laughs> um uh the um i don't know Whoever cleans washrooms, <laughs> yeah, that's. I was gonna say, in, I love a clean washroom. In washer. that version of, in that version of the world, like everything else would be valued so differently. Twenty million would mean something vastly yeah, different. Yeah, right. Well. Purchasing power would be much less because your uh, necessities are guaranteed. You exactly. But um, you know what I meant, right? You didn't mm-hmm. need to nitpick that, Julian. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I'm pretty happy with my answer too. <laughs> 
the uh yeah the the cleaning guy that was a good answer but um yeah no there's nothing i can think of actually nothing that could be worth 20 million dollars in today's value on mm-hmm. in the year of our lord 2023 right that uh i can't think of anything inventors right like um and it happens all the time in wall street uh what's it called the uh, the wolf of wall street he makes 50 million dollars in a year for right. being a banker right for mm-hmm. being a, a money guy the fuck right like that job is not that hard right mm. there's this uh quote of robert downey jr in the 90s he goes into the chicago stock exchange i think it is mm-hmm. and uh he comes out and he goes uh if money is the root of all evil then uh that place is hell i've never spent such a terrible amount of time around such low iq high energy dumb motherfuckers right yeah they <laughs> yeah read like jackrabbits and i hate them <laughs> and it was so good and i'll remember it forever because that's the guy who played iron man <laughs> <laughs> yep there's another uh, 20 million a year yeah and um <laughs> yeah i kind of lost my track here uh do you guys have comments while i uh try and patch this back to the lady and her and her 20 million dollars a year just uh, uh like just to circle back around that that there's there's so much two-face jargon right mm. performance 18 million in performance yeah what the what the what the shit does that mean when you're when you're trying to justify that you can't are, are unwilling you absolutely can you are unwilling to share your you know the product of your own heinous greed with the people who actually do the work for your company that you up. and your board of fuckboys can sit around and go jerk each other off and, and play house and go back to your manners and do that every day for a year and get paid $20 million for it. But Bobby Joe in the factory and his family of four. Working his fingers to the bone. Working their fingers just to get like a, like a pension after working for you for 30 years. So you can give him a bare necessities. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that he can be put up in a, in a shitty seniors home in, in their old age so that maybe their children can come visit them once a month. Die with a And you can't, you can't give them an extra $10 an hour. Yeah. It's pathetic. Yeah. Julia. Now I don't want to mince words here. These owners and like higher managers are despicable, but it's not up to them. Like the minute they take any action that might suggest they're going to prioritize workers over profits, mm-hmm. they're out of there. Fire your butts out of that yep. seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don, if you want to keep uh, going, I, uh, I think that's all I have to say. Okay, yeah. jingle uh, the reins in your direction, Jacob. Not only can <laughs> they, not only can they not do anything, they're ideologically prohibited from doing anything. Right? Like mm-hmm. I like to think of them like I think of the Aztecs. Right? Sacrificing people <laughs> to just like the sun for no reason. Right? The island, the mountains, the city-sized stacks of cash, right? That are fucking wasted on this like ideological belief that there must be capitalism, right? That there must be this wealth transferred to the owners. If everyone mm-hmm. was devoted to the productive enterprise, right? Instead of the repressive system that protects the hoarded wealth, mm-hmm. right? We could have abundance in such just ridiculous measures, right? In mm-hmm. the 1800s, they were talking about we could have abundance for everybody, right? <laughs> yeah. Nowadays, it yeah. would be so easy, it's not even funny, right? Like, I'm talking, I thought, I was talking to my brother the other day, that uh, if I was to organize society, that I could get the work week down to mm-hmm. maybe 12 or 16 hours, right? Maybe, oh, yeah. like, because I just wouldn't have anybody not doing anything productive, right? Yeah, there like, would what, be what, no boards to sit on, right? Like, what are you talking what, about? What decisions do you have to make? Yeah, what 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 do they say anymore? Ten hours of work a week is really like the maximum efficiency we can get out of anything anymore, just because we can hit <laughs> we can hit that we can hit that stride so easily with the technology of today. Yeah, yeah, and then your attention span has such diminishing returns on top of that, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, you know, people are worked like absolute robots and machines, like just worn right out for no reason, right? Yeah. And then if they keep them consuming, exactly. That's why they get work. Yeah. Because it makes them a lazy person. They can consume better. 
And then, you know, if their job isn't something they need, if their job's something a robot can do, well, then just fuck them. With this yeah. one's obsolete. Just let it die. Yeah, obsolete. The planned obsolescence, right? You know, planned fucking breakdown so that we can go buy more shit of a selection of the same shit. Mm-hmm. I was going to do this bit. I'll just fit it in here. I uh, I buy a lot of marijuana. I don't think that'll shock my co-hosts. <gasps> might, shock, might, shock, might shock the audience. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> There is, oh, in Ontario, there's a system for buying weed online, basically, from any shop. And it's the same system in every store, right? There's just one company that does the software for all these places, right? Mm-hmm. But they're all individually run places, you know, with uh, all these workers who are, like, you know, knowledgeable people. They want to tell you about what they think you should smoke, what's unsafe for first-timers and things right. like that. And they're just being bilked by some, you know... Uh, idiot with enough cash to set up a stand right like Mm -hmm. what why does that need to be the government could be like there's 40,000 people there's 100,000 people there's 200,000 people in this Mm -hmm. town which means they got six 12 or 15 uh weed stores right Mm -hmm. and we're gonna place them here 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 here, (laughs) right it's literally that easy right like yeah they would just yeah we're just an organizer the the commissar of weed consumption or something the Lickbo does even, it. Fuck. Yeah, it's even easier than that because you could just sell them through the LCBO. Yeah, honestly. I thought they were going to do. For years, I thought they were going to do that. No, but then we had a conservative government start mm-hmm. to run it. So now we're fucked, right? Now like, there's a pot shop on every corner and you go, you walk 10 feet and you go like, who the fuck needs what? Yeah, a pot shop all, on, could you, a pot shop on every corner owned, owned by some immigrant and a whole bunch of uh, you know working class people just working there for minimum wage, right? Mm-hmm. Great. Awesome. Good job, Doug Ford. Yeah, yeah, man. If we had been able to sell it through LCBOs, that probably would have been like another two or three billion a year for the province of yeah. Ontario. Yeah, not only that, right? But then we would have got to open more LCBOs, specialist mm-hmm. LCBOs, more land yeah. value, more things that we can invest off of. And instead, we just, you know, give a, a giveaway, a, a, a windfall to these parasites. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, let's get Small back to the, business U- class. the UAW. Yeah, right. the, they're, they're kulaks, Julian. You know my opinion on kulaks. <laughs> <laughs> Gulag for kulak. Uh, they're necessary and we love them. Yeah. Um, getting back to the strikes, though. So the strikes start up, right? They've, they've started. Mm-hmm. And um, we are, uh, I don't know, we're in like day three or something like that. But yeah. G, GM or Ford, I, I don't remember now. Uh one of the big three has retaliated and laid off 600 of the striking workers. That's Ford. Ford? Thank you. Ford, yeah. I was just looking at the article. They laid off 600 non-unionized workers that is, at the plant that went on strike. That is incredible, right? Yep. And then this gets into the bit. Like, do you guys have a comment about that before I uh, kind of uh, leave Weak, coward, bad, we can, Weak, cowardly, yeah. Oh, yeah, but we're talking about the uh, the management, right? But they've always been weak and cowardly and perfidious, right? Mm-hmm. But um, who I think of as weak and cowardly is that UAW president, right? Pull the 150,000 workers, right? Start saying that uh, Joe Biden is the worst president for labor that has ever been, right? Mm-hmm. Make enemies, <laughs> right? Joe Biden will fix the solution, will come with the fire extinguisher if you're causing a fire in his house, right? Yeah. That's all you have to do. And if he uh, decides to set workers down again, right, uh-huh. then that means Joe Biden's not going to win. And then there will be victories eventually for your, uh, for your members there too. Right. So it is uh-huh. not in your interest to play nice, right? That's 15,000 workers strike. Fuck that shit. Fuck yeah. that shit in a big way. Shut down roads, shut down cities, right? Shut down the entire economy, right? Don't move. Don't budge. I think based on what I've read, I think they're just, I don't know that might be the end goal. You know, I, I think they might just be holding their cards close. Yeah, they're worried about uh, litigation, right? But, you yeah, know, litigation's Which, an afterthought. Settle, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I, win I and then settle. Yeah. Exactly. But, because uh, what, I was reading an article, basically they interviewed the guy like, hey, what do you think about Joe Biden? And he essentially just <laughs> told the reporter to fuck off because that has nothing mm-hmm. to do with the strike right now. Yeah, that's but, a poor strategy, right? Well, yeah. If you're, if you're playing, if you're playing the short game, yeah, it is. If you're playing the long game, eh. 
you're you're being coy. Oh, oh, Joe, wouldn't it be great if somebody saved us? Because otherwise I might tell all 150,000 of these union workers that you're a lying piece of shit who doesn't do anything. I, you don't have to do something too crazy. Like you don't have to make a, make him a complete enemy, right? But like draw him into the fight. Like I I've heard Joe Biden say that he's the most pro union president since FDR, mm-hmm. and he and he shut down those rail workers and he hasn't lifted a finger for us. So what mm-hmm. the hell does his word mean? <laughs> Nothing. Really? Like, to be fair to him, I can't think of another president who has done better. FDR. <laughs> no, but like since then, <laughs> um, like he might be. He might be. I don't know. I would say uh, Jimmy Carter, right? Um, I have no idea. JFK, also. Lyndon B. Johnson. Um, He do B. Johnson. You're just making up names now. No, dude. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to put forward all three of those as uh, superior. But... uh, All right. Case in point, Biden, come on. You you know who you didn't hear, audience? You know who didn't make that list? Barack Obama. Fuck that guy. Hey, useless. Useless is right. Coward, liar, traitor, whatever hope. you want to call him. Hopeful. And that's yeah. it. We're going to bring on hope. Run on change. Ca- Freedom. Fuck you. Coward, liar, traitor. Whoa. Oh, oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> Why you got to do that, man? I'm going to get canceled. <laughs> you said three R words and ER words in a row. It comes naturally to me. <laughs> I know it comes naturally to you. Um, it's the English in them. Uh, you, you know, the, the funny yeah. thing here, right, is um, they're, they're in bargaining right now. Yeah. Canada side. Mm-hmm. North side? What, what do you say there? Um, and oh, like our yeah, locals? Yeah, our uh, Unifor. Unifor is in bargaining right now with the big three. And they targeted Ford first. And so now that Ford across the border is pulling this nonsense... Uh, here in Canada, they're all, they're throwing side eye. They're like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe we're actually just not going to bargain with you. Maybe we might actually just walk out too. Mm-hmm. And there's some, yeah. there's some dirty plays going on. But, you know, our auto industry has been so crippled that it doesn't even fucking matter. Yeah, there was a time in the 30s where they were talking about the auto worker, the auto unions. They were talking about getting a bill passed mm-hmm. and in the house and the Senate that, uh, would guarantee majority, uh, representation for the unions in both houses, guarantee it no matter the results of an election. Damn. And so, <laughs> so that you could only have a greater, uh, majority or not. Right. So that they are either had like a 51 and could uh-huh. change laws or they had the 66 they needed and they could change the constitution. Right. That's a that's a different timeline right there. That, that is one's a doing. timeline and a half. That's democracy right there. These you know, uh, people these tradespeople who are elected by their peers and then mm-hmm. plucked from the crowd and sent to the great house of the people. Wow, that's democracy. That's amazing. A, a timeline where Lauren Bobert never gr- breaks the news cycle. You know. And I don't have to watch a video of her fondling and getting fondled <laughs> in the fucking movie theater. Wait, what? Yeah. 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 What is it? What? Yeah. So should I be Googling? Yeah. Here? Lauren yeah. Gobert, um, tit fondle is what I would go with. Um, Ooh, yeah. Be careful with that one. <laughs> okay. I'm, Turn on private I'll, mode for that. <laughs> I'll do more research after the show. Do you, go do your homework, Julian. Yeah. I try to keep up on politics. Oh, man, I don't. I only found out about the UWA strike today, though. Um, Honestly, I, I don't think I would have if uh, if the article didn't pounce on me. Mm. I would have just been sat here, you know, la la la, doo doo. Yep. But that's the blissful ignorance of uh, of our society, ensnaring me once again. Here's a little... Um, I guess thought experiment for us. Oh, thinking. Unless, Jacob, do you have anything else? No, I was going to move on, so I'm glad you're capping it. As uh, as technology increases and like improves, um, increases. <laughs> I'm I am mincing words today. I know I said at the beginning I tried not to. But 
as technology improves, automation gets uh, more cost effective, right? And so businesses will lean on automation. Mm-hmm. But as more processes get automated, value of human labor goes down because mm-hmm. there's more people unemployed. And that, in turn, pushes the cost of automation back up because people are so cheap now. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of been watching this ebb and flow over the past, like, 50 years or so. Yeah. yeah. As automation's rolled in and then you know, human off. labor gets cheaper and automation stalls because you might as well just have people do it. I'm wondering what you guys expect to see of that pattern in the coming years now that automation looks like it's poised to, you know, really let a big one rip. By, uh, <laughs> DJ? You know what I mean? Um, I, I absolutely know what you mean. I just don't know why you had to phrase it like that, but, um, me neither. It's um, better than the Obama joke. Fuck. I was, I was running the <laughs> runway there with my thought. That's all right. You, you made up for it. Uh, there was, there was a bit of a backdraft. Yeah, I don't, that's a that's an interesting question because it, it almost seems like we're doomed to a, just a very dystopian future where yeah, robots make everything. But the result of that, um, as far as humanity goes, that's you know my, my right because my parents come from a, a life of labor, yeah. just a life of factory work, warehouse work, what have you. And so they've experienced firsthand, oh, these jobs are just gone. These functions are gone because a robot does them. Mm-hmm. And um, even for them to, to, they're just, you know, they see what's going on now and it's it's inevitable to them. Like, you know, oh, yep, factories, production, industry is just all going to be automated at, at one point. And they, they're very hopeful. And, and I guess I find myself in the same boat because I can't really think of an alternative is that, you know, the, the, the thing that would happen is everyone suddenly chilling out going, hey, I'm not working. But if we want this money thing, if we want to keep using money like we have been <laughs> for the past, I don't know, couple thousand years. 500 years. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, especially 500 if you consider like modern capitalism. If we want that to keep going on, hey, universal basic income is just going to have to be a thing. You're just going to have to give people money if you want them to participate in the economy. Because otherwise, you're just going to have people sitting around going, hey, maybe, uh, A, I can't. I I literally cannot find a means in which I can participate because you took that from me. Or B, you're just going to have people going, you know, full libertarian and just pissing off into the middle of nowhere to... (laughs) <laughs> have homesteads and whatnot you know yeah and i don't know i don't know it's interesting too because you 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 make this equation to the value of of human work versus the cost of automation and i have to wonder you know where does human craftsmanship work into that does does the does suddenly the value of a handmade thing skyrocket because it is so tedious to do compared to mass industrialization yeah it does depend d- if there's a buyer right if some and the, there will be but it'll be a cottage industry for the rich and right and be, you, you kind of see that right now you go to a market anywhere and nothing's nothing's pandered to anybody who's poor it's all oh we got to target the rich bitches because they're the only ones who want and can afford to buy handmade shit here's my god-awful yeah. statue made of wrought iron buy it <laughs> And some some fucking millionaire from Toronto goes, yeah, that's great, thanks. Uh, Wops out seven hundred dollar bills because that's nothing to them, and just here you go, Jack. It's thanks. A, it's a squirrel, and it's got bolts for eyes, nuts for eyes, whatever. <laughs> okay. That sounds really good, actually. No. A steel squirrel's culture made of nuts. Man, you're becoming. Mm. Uh, what's it called residential petit bourgeois more and more by the day if that steel squirrel <laughs> attracts you i yeah. uh unlike dj and his parents am overflowing with negativity just like a pessimism machine and i foresee the wave of productivity and uh uh 
what's it called reliance on cheap labor the the wave function of that stopping very soon because where i see uh society heading is that there will be uh, a le- we're heading to the end of technological of uh, the technological upsurge because the 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 pillars that held up society and allowed so much to be devoted to research and, uh, you know, combining new resources and extracting resources from around the world, that's ending, right? And so we're reaching about the peak. I want to say the peak will be 2060, 2070. Of, uh, that'll be the peak of technology. And then afterwards, we will descend violently and quickly into techno-feudalism, is what I like to call it. And... Uh, yeah, from there, labor will be uh, made to do the things because, uh, you know, the resources to automate it all uh, for, you know, to produce for everyone will not be, will not exist. And the will to do it will be even less because the uh, maintaining your position in the hierarchy will be all important in this anarchic wasteland future. Do you, yeah. do you think they'll still have cool crowns and robes? Oh yeah, man, that shit don't go away. Do we get to have do we get to have like surf stuff again cuz I mean that that that's a vibe. If I'm going to be the oppressed, world, I want to look the part is what I'm saying. The world will suspiciously look like 40k. <laughs> it always comes back to 40k. Yeah. I would trade my liberal democratic consumer rights for surf rights. Would you? Yeah. I mean, I just got to give some guy some wheat every now and then. No? You better go look back into surf uh, rights. What if I came to fuck your wife the first time, you, first day you got married? Well, I'm pretty sure that's protected by the church. No, it? prima nocta, the right of all lords under the Russian surf system. Now, okay, here, here again, I've come to beat you because I was unhappy with your, uh, your wheat production. Okay, hang on. Why do you get to be the lord? Well, I'm just <laughs> doing it because I, I'm, I'm so irritated by he, your statement. He was that rather be a surf. <laughs> it's brought out the imperiousness in me. And, and the lady of the lake thus bestowed upon him great Excalibur. Hmm. <laughs> That's no way to be organizing the government. <laughs> I really wish you had this bit a good scene. better prepared. <laughs> Maybe next time we'll rehearse. We'll rehearse, Jacob. Next time you're feeling yeah. lordly, we'll have this down to a T. You think you get to fuck my wife because some bitch gave you so on? <laughs> Your accent's pretty good, too. What, what is that? <laughs> is that that's kind of like you're, you're going for kind of like a cockney. Yeah, I... That's no, what I was I getting. Know, I guess South London. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's the Cockney that is gone for in all bad historical movies. Like, uh, th- if I was to pick that <laughs> accent out, it doesn't exist in real life. It, it exists in uh, A Knight's Tale with Heath Ledger. <laughs> yeah, as it should. You know, the best accents only exist in, in fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a bit. I lost it. You guys got something to talk about? Who who's the king in this night this nightmare scenario? Who's the emperor? Bezos. Emperor Bezos. Uh, well, I said twenty seventy. It'll start right. right. The slide will take two hundred years. So I don't yeah. know. Not our problem. I um, mean, come on. Yeah, of course it's not our problem. We'll be dead by twenty fifty. That's when the that's when the wars will start happening. Yeah, I don't know. I thought the wars <laughs> are going to start any year now. To be honest. Uh, I, I hope I hope it gives you know a couple more. I can be over thirty. I won't be useless. I, I mean, I won't be useful to any division. <laughs> I can maybe just get away with being a chef somewhere or something. I, I think you're already in a garrison age, so you won't be deployed anywhere. At oh, least. I mean, uh, and even well, if I you can, are, I can handle it'll be reserves. Like Al- Alberta or BC or some shit like that. I'll defend a stockpile so well. I don't call, think you call will. Me, call I... me Chiyu Chong, because I'll be out there drunk, and when uh, uh, Tsao Tsao's men come over and fool me, fuck it. <laughs> Great reference. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a deep reference, but props to anybody who got through my Chinese pronunciation and then got the joke. Uh, a plus. Yeah. I was just going to do a racist character of the name you said. You would. <laughs> I don't Go who on. Is this, I, who is this South clarify... character? I, he sounds like someone I might enjoy. Uh, go ahead, Doodle, and ignore that. I just want to clarify for any new listeners, if you're just tuning in, I didn't actually say the N-word earlier. I just said N and then hit the beep button. 
So I'm actually totally exculpated. I just want everyone to know that. Yeah? Has it been burning inside you about that? You know why? That's called guilt, Julian. <laughs> Not familiar with the concept. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's called covering my ass. <laughs> um, it's called fear, so- Julian. <laughs> <laughs> How about a stinger, Julian? The... Uh, I got to apologize again to the audience because I said I was going to stop doing the Chapo Trap House thing. And uh, we're weaning. We're weaning off it. And um, I think everybody so, here knew that. Come on. Come on. They they did a bit you... after I posted it in the group chat, and I refused to let the bit go. I, I, mean, love, I love this will they, won't they dynamic you've got going on. This is some really good <laughs> drama. Let's hear um, it. What, what do you got? What, what what did they say? So, in the Ukraine, uh, it, the news came out, uh, this was months or even a year ago now that it happened, but it just came out in the news that Elon shut the internet off for a Ukrainian uh, drone sub, subs that are drones, attack, and he just cut the internet off for the Ukrainians so their drones just, like, drifted ashore and uh, stopped, like, the destruction of the Russian Black Sea fleet. Hmm. I almost called the Black Sea the Baltic there. Oof. God, that would have just got me. Street cred just gone, yeah. just cluttered. Yeah. I called the Baltics the Balkans in another episode. After that, there would be no recovering. But anyways, Elon stopped the uh, the um, the internet for the Ukrainians, and basically uh, he's a traitor to the Americans uh, then, right? Because the mm-hmm. Americans have units in Ukraine fighting the uh, Russians right now, right? And it's in the uh, Americans' interest that the Ukrainians win that war, right? And yes. uh, Chapo Trap House's bit was that... Um, it just goes to show that, you know, today's capitalist American empire is just not as serious because like back in the day, the Dulles brothers and um, the Dulles brothers were a pair of people who basically ran the shadow state. The one guy was the head of the CIA, Alan hmm. Dulles, for a long time. Uh, he's the guy who killed Kennedy, in oh, my opinion. Great. He, he, he killed Kennedy for sure. And then just I, Johnson, Lyndon B. Johnson down was like, do something about it, bitch. He <laughs> do be Johnson. Um. But anyways, uh, they said that if the Dulles brothers were still around, they would they would have just find Elon in some plausibly uh, plausible scenario dead, like uh, autoerotic asphyxiation is what they went with, mm. and um, that checks out. That's a hilarious bit. And, just uh, choking, I, died choking on an emerald or something. I was. <laughs> I, I was going to do a similar bit about how uh, it's, it's crazy that the uh, the State Department and, you know, the, the agencies, the three-letter agencies let Elon walk around and do this, like, he's, I don't know, Augustus Caesar shit. Like, who is this guy? He gets to decide that the Ukrainians don't get to blow up Black Sea Fleet, right? He's got money. Uh, he's got money. He's, uh, come on. You can't attack yeah, money. He earned it. Yeah, yeah. but, you know... That bit's uninteresting because they did it, but they did bring up Alan Dulles and I had already in reserve another bit that I had about Alan Dulles Mm -hmm. and uh, Alan Dulles is a traitor, right? And I think uh, for America to begin to reckon with its past and that it hasn't had democracy since, you know, before uh, Kennedy was assassinated, I want to say since uh, right before Roosevelt died, that's when democracy died Mm -hmm. uh, because they replaced uh, Roosevelt's VP uh, George Wallace with uh, Jacob. With, let me cut in here. I think democracy really died with the fall of Athens. Uh, rest in peace. <laughs> rest in peace. But do go on. I kind of lost my spot. Can you remind me where I was going? <laughs> uh, the death of democracy. Uh, Dulles brothers. Dulles, yeah. right. Uh-huh. So Dulles. Uh, if the, America's going to re- uh, really begin to reckon with its uh, past, that it's been you know under a cabal and doesn't have democracy, you know, since the '60s, but I argue the '40s that they should dig up and acidify the bones of Alan Dulles. What a symbol that would be. Um, <laughs> it's got historical precedent. The, uh, the, Roman, yep. the Romans uh, acidified the bones of, uh, what's his name? Um, Marcus, uh, no, fuck. Julius Caesar's uncle, uh, Gaius Marius. Right. Uh, they, uh, they, you know, crushed his bones, acidified them, and threw them in the river. The uh, the French also acidified the bones of all the royals that they could find at Saint Denis, 
which is just outside of Paris, uh, which is awesome. You know, mm-hmm, that's fucking mm-hmm. dope. Yeah, and so and it's a historic. Metal? It's a, I love it. It's a historical. Uh, it's a historically backed process, and it is a very clear signal to all the chuds out there. You know, all the people who are not paying attention. It's not violence. This guy's dead, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. matter, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is saying, hey, we're not fucking around anymore, right? These guys are fucking up, and if you're associated with them, you could get got yourself, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Even, not even the dead are safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even in All your right, afterlife, too distasteful we'll for you. you guys. I got it. What? Too distasteful for you guys. I get it. Whatever. You are, no, you are vastly I... underestimating my support. I'm into it. I just feel like it's been a while since we've publicly exhumed a grave. Maybe we should do that. The last example that I could, the last example that I came up with was 1790. So, yeah, Yeah, it's been a while. 300 years ago. (laughs) It's been a while, but it doesn't mean it's not the right course, right? (laughs) In fact, if we were acidifying, if there was precedent uh, recently for acidifying people, I don't think I'd be a socialist, Julian, because I'd be too afraid to be out and about (laughs) being a socialist. We'd live in a more violent society. I guess what I'm driving at is that I feel like we need a 21st century equivalent. You know what? Here I got it. Um, we make a 3D printed model of whoever, right? Hitler. Okay. Whoever. And then just like a public execution, just like a like a Burning Man. We crush okay. it up and mix it with fentanyl and have Charlie Sheen ingest it. And he, through his, you know, obscenely uh, powerful... Winning. system that that keeps out you know the non-winning with uh-huh. his tiger blood it would destroy yeah. the evil fascism of alan dulles's dna there you go or it'd kill him i don't know <laughs> regardless we sacrificed Both. uh one to the yeah, i don't know the great earth goddess or whatever is the yeah, pagan belief of the week <laughs> um <laughs> No, come up with a, a real uh, symbol then, Julian. Something that is as badass well, as that. It. I mean, okay, I've got two. Something that's as badass, a really big laser beam that you pointed at the ground and just burn a hole where the corpse was. Okay, That's pretty cool. Was, right? I mean, I don't think lasers are quite there yet, but we could we could work on it. You know what? Uh, just sorry, to, just sorry to, for cutting go in. Go ahead. Uh, uh, we dig up the remains. Uh, your acidifying thing, that's cool. We we dig up the remains. We shoot them into the sun. Oh, just gone. That's not like, bad. Not even on the planet. Go get out. Goodbye. I was yeah. I was thinking the uh, the second GI Joe movie where they drop the steel uh, poles from space <laughs> and then we impale him in the grave. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, just a, um, a new telephone pole there. <laughs> what else like you got? A new. A properly, you know, 21st century way to disrespect these people would probably just be like pave over the gravesite and turn it into a parking lot. That's actually how I've, we've, I've done this bit. I think I did it last week that uh, oh. after Julius Caesar was assassinated, he was assassinated in, uh, uh, what's it called? The uh, the forum of, uh, it was a forum. Knives. It, it, okay. it was a nice place, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Augustus uh, Octavian tore it down and turned it into a, a sewer, a latrine. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so that yeah. no one could ever, uh, you know, worship the place as yeah. like good for democracy. Cannot be sanctified. Yeah. And uh, that's not bad. Public no. restroom. Yeah. That's not yeah, bad. I, I, hey, I, and it's got the historical precedent. Yeah. I definitely, I'm, you know, I'm with Jacob on this one. Make it like a like a nice public space. Just yeah. to just to kind of spit okay. on them a little bit, you know, a park, uh, just something. No, no, like no. To... It it was a nice public space, and he turned it into a latrine. It can't yeah. be a nice public space because oh, yeah. then what it if, wasn't like a bathhouse? Yeah, what if the fascists gathered, you know, semi annually to like worship this guy or whatever? Because we've elevated him as marking him an enemy. No, it would just be like mm, trees, whatever. <laughs> you know, there's not a plaque yeah. there. You know, there's no bench with like whatever. Uh, this guy died here. Relax. It's just like trees. I don't know if you're putting, getting down when I'm, uh, whatever, picking up what I'm putting down, but whatever. I, I um, am. I'm definitely taking the piss. Just to, just to be clear. <laughs> um, and then uh, how much time we got left? Yeah, we, we got about ten to... minutes. What do you got? Ten. I wanted to talk. About... I got Go ahead. I have a thought. I want to share at some point. Okay. But let's get through what we said. Oh uh, well, how many minutes do you think it'll be? Because I can close the episode out on this. Five to ten? Do that. 
I, I'm gonna do like a minute on that. So on our mark. our conversations on strikes got me thinking, mm-hmm. especially when you said you know best, Jacob. Do I? We need a we need a paradox map game with asymmetrical warfare, where you have to liberate the working people of the world. That game exists. Uh, if you give me a second, I'll find it. Keep thinking. Well, does it does it exist? Because I not I, democracy too. I feel like what Julian's gonna say is that the other players have to try to keep the other team oppressed. Is that what you're kind of going for? Yeah. Or there's like multiple factions that all have like interlocking objectives, but you as the player, you're, you know, the two main factions, socialists and capitalists. You know, your goal is to like unionize and agitate uh and maybe eventually raise armies of your own. There is, um, uh, you know, Jacob, keep looking, whatever, uh, pipe up when you're good, but uh, you ever played root? Root. Your game? Yeah, the board game? Because <laughs> the the ba- you're basically yeah. describing Root right now. <laughs> yeah, like Root, root but like a uh, paradox. Like a good game. game. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, should we call a paradox map meme a good game? Mm? <laughs> <laughs> Not all of them, but still aren't. <laughs> are, are we talking shit about fucking uh, paradox games while I'm preoccupied? That's yeah. unfair. Yeah, we are. No. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> Also, you know those car companies that are dealing with UAW? Sure. My all-time favorite conglomerate name is Stellantis. Right. Just because it sounds huge and you have no idea what it does, but they just own like half the car companies in the world. That's, that's the best uh, business names. The best business names are just words that sound like words that aren't words. Right. Julian, did you say that we need a game that starts training me as Che Guevara and stops training me as Napoleon? Is that basically where <laughs> you went with that? That's hilarious, just so you know. That might be the best way to summarize it, yeah. Yeah. That's not that's only you, really Jacob, fucking funny. Everyone. Yeah, he I was the one he was thinking about. He was thinking Jacob's a little <laughs> a little too lordy, as you guys joked well, earlier. <laughs> not e- not even that, but I would just love to see like these real world conflicts between capital and labor modeled in that kind of format that I've become familiar with and that you're very familiar with. Oh uh, yeah. Both of you guys. The, they, the games exist though. I, I can't find them. They just, uh, not Tropico. Don't say Tropico. No Tropico. It's not it. The one I found that uh, kind of modeled it was called power and revolution, but mm-hmm. that wasn't the game I was thinking of. Um, but yeah, no, it's like, you know, uh, you can start a cell and, uh, like, a uh, a recon c- uh, cell or a terror cell or something like that in this population center and that has this uh, uh, chance to be discovered over this month and it has this chance to succeed in finding a uh, like a lead and this, and you know it's pretty good yeah but um I find I don't that, remember what it's called I find those less interesting I've always just been fascinated by war games because like war is just so horrific right like it just makes no sense to me like why we're all gonna get uh, like get together and kill each other for no reason right <laughs> but like and i've always thought of myself kind of like narcissistically as like so smart that i saw it as like a calling basically right that i could save so many lives just by being better than everyone at this fucking thing right and but that was when i was a child i, I haven't thought that since i was like 13 or 14 right like but it's just been my favorite since then it's my uh <laughs> my favorite games but anyways i uh Speaking of uh, my obsession with war, is that it for that, Julian? I believe so, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to share that little tidbit with everybody. Mm-hmm. Thanks for coming out. Appreciate it. I, uh, I saw an interview, and it was by an American uh, Special Forces man who has been deployed to Ukraine and now is back. And uh, it was just a YouTube short. It was maybe 30 seconds or a minute. I think those things are topped out at. And uh, he starts the interview off uh, with uh, the line, anyone who thinks this offensive is not going fast enough, uh, you can come out with me and uh, you'll see that it's going plenty fast enough. And I went, no thanks, I'm good on that. (laughs) Basically allowed. (laughs) But um, uh, yeah, I just wanted to riff on that for a bit. Um, Yeah, it's not going fast enough. Damn straight it's not going fast enough. It's September 20th now, right? And Mm -hmm. you've taken hundreds of meters of ground, right? And you have dozens, if not hundreds, of kilometers to go before you could cut off the 
the peninsula, the, right. uh, the Crimean pen uh, Peninsula, right? And that is the main goal. That's the only goal of the offensive. If you can cut off the peninsula, then you can have 40,000 Russians surrender to you, and then you have something to bring to the table when it's time to talk, right? Mm -hmm. And they haven't done that. They've taken, as I said, hundreds of meters of ground at the cost of huge losses of material and men, right? And material, I mean tanks and infantry carriers and expensive-ass fucking shit, right? Yeah. There's and a lot of great videos and stills of NATO hardware just absolutely eating it wrecking. after looking invincible for decades. Yeah. And so we cut back to this guy and he says, uh, so the reason we're not seeing uh, the gains that we did last year and this interviewer, right? Like where did they find these people and let them interview these? Uh, <laughs> like you should have some competency in the thing that you're interviewing, right? Not like a, a complete, but some, right? And, um, he goes, the reason we're not seeing the gains that we saw last year is because the lines are dug in now, right? And that, um, I'm going to cough. Somebody should talk for a second. Uh, give me a sec. Obviously, things are moving if the lines are dug in. That's just how fucking war works. Yeah, so the lines yeah. are dug in now, so it... Uh, you you can't break through. That's basically what he, what he says. He mm. says there's a, they have front lines and they have reserve lines now and they're well dug in. So you can't uh, until you break through there you can't do a war of movement. And it's like no shit, genius. That's why we said don't attack. They're dug in, right? <laughs> and in fact, it's really easy to dig in because you just dig into the ground, right? Whereas mm -hmm. a tank, you have to harvest steel from the earth and manufacture it and put it together and give it gas and train the troops how to fight with it. Whereas dig hole put man with gun in it is so simple and in fact while you're taking man with hole uh, sorry man in hole with gun you can just dig another hole like mm -hmm. a couple hundred meters behind that line and it's a whole new line it's it's just as good right mm -hmm. like there's... if you got time you can put some concrete in that hole and dig it a little deeper <laughs> suddenly you're even safer Trench warfare is, like, not to be engaged in, basically. If there is any kind of balance, like, anything that's not, like, a 6-to-1 or 5-to-1 manpower mm -hmm. balance, you you don't fight, and you do trench raids, like, constantly to make living on the front lines hell, mm -hmm. psychologically, for the, uh, for the enemy, right? But attacking, that's crazy, right? Even the Brits in 1918, right? They had a 3-to-1 advantage, and they didn't attack. They mm -hmm. boxed. We did this bit on the uh, on the cast many, many episodes ago that uh, they didn't try to break through the line. They just tried to smack the line whatever, wherever they thought the density wasn't as great, where they thought there wasn't as many Germans per square meter of ground, mm -hmm. right? So that they can push the line back, and then they've got to move uh, all the lines, and then maybe salience, which means like... A, curves in the lines juttings in the lines uh can form and so if a salient becomes long enough uh like a, a curve in the line becomes long enough you can cut it off and surround those people right. which means that they'll have to pull those guys out of that salient right Me moving the line even more breaking through basically was abandoned mm -hmm. in 1917 right because it's bullshit you can't do it right they have guys behind the line that well, can blow your shit up you can with tanks but that advantage has been neutralized. No, I don't think you can. It's never been tried to break through trench warfare with tanks. Never. What do you mean? That's what they were built for. Oh, that's what, but it never worked. Like, when did it work? I don't know. In World I'm thinking War of one black and white film where the tanks are rolling over the trenches and the British troops are just happily following along behind it like little ducklings. They, you know... Those tanks break down. They they break down really quickly. The the yeah no I mean the great whatever advantage was there has been neutralized. I I concede. The great tank uh, successes right were things they weren't designed for. They were they succeeded in wars of movement like this guy was talking about last year right where they uh you know not everyone settled down not everyone's dug in so that you can get around people and surround them and things mm -hmm. like that and that's the, those are the great successes that we associate with the tanks Poland and France right basically but other than that tanks have done bubkis for all of fucking warfare history right they are they're expensive and you need them but fucking not a war winner for sure you know what yeah. this is sounding like hey, hey, this might be crazy i i think we i think they need to invest in giant worms i think dune had it right giant worms <laughs> They Problem found solved. the giant worms. They didn't invest in the worms in Dune. They, but, uh, you know, they found... Maybe we're just not looking hard enough. 
Maybe they're sleeping. We do need to go looking for those worms. I bet you they're in the Congo somewhere. Probably. Um, or on the moon. Something crazy. The moon. That's a good idea. But um, I just wanted to close this bit out that, you know, everything that you see about the Ukrainian war is propaganda and that we have no business being there and the war is fucking over and those lines aren't moving, you know, unless we, you know, go put a million North Americans in that fucking conflict, right? Mm-hmm. And we're not doing that. So... Let's just go to the table. I've been like, that's been the point of my focus on the Ukrainians uh, for a long time. I haven't said it explicitly because it, uh, it's defeatism and things like that. And it's not good for the conflict, but mm-hmm. they're losing. They've lost. It's time to it's time to call it and just draw the lines where they are. Right. Fuck it. In my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's it. Yeah. DJ, any closing thoughts? Um, that man sucks. Uh, uh, we're bad. I don't know, man. Just, just, no, just, no, just tell them to just, just get a big megaphone. Get a big megaphone. And just say, "Go away." Just say that for yeah. for a year straight, and maybe it'll work. I don't know. That yeah. that sounds less destructive and has the better potential than whatever they're doing right now. Yep. Man sucks. War bad. I didn't say the n word, and summer's coming. <laughs>